So what time does the 7 o'clock meeting start? 7 o'clock. So whether you're seated or not, here we go. Who, who is here at this meeting for the first time ever? Anybody? Good. I've heard you all. Welcome. Um, to those of you online, welcome to you. What we do here is we take a look at the suggested instruction for a step or so a week directly out of this book, and we use this book in 12-step recovery. Why? The process described by the authors of this book has been proven to work without addicts of the hopeless variety, addicts to alcohol and other substances. So what happens here, the authors in their forward to the first edition said to show others precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of the book. And so we continue in that tradition. Someone showed me and I'm going to show you not what the book says, but how I find what it says to me. And then I'll encourage you to have your experience with it. If we both do our job, we'll share a spiritual experience in this room tonight. How many of you have been here before and can witness, show of hands, that happens. So those of you online, you can't see them, but they're raising their hand, the preponderance of them. The anonymous nature of this thing, you just have to take some things on faith. So tonight we're going to take a look at steps 5, 6, and 7. So you're going to find the instruction for that on chapter 6, page 72 of your book, if you're following along. And it's a good idea to have a book. It's a terrible idea to let someone else read your book for you. If you allow someone else to read your book for you, you've given them the power to think for you. And I would recommend against that. How many of you have thought something was true because someone you trusted told you it was true and then later found out while you were pronouncing it was true that it was not true? Yeah, so, so it's always a good idea to be armed with the facts about yourself, and if you're going to talk about something that you're going to be a subject matter expert in, I would not take somebody else's word for what it says. You won't have much credibility if you do. Okay, so if we're in chapter 6 together, it's going to make an assumption about some things we've already done, so let's see, how many of you have had a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps and is endeavoring to work with others? Wow, a lot of you. And how many of you are at least willing to consider getting someone to help you through the process? Okay, a few more. So good. Those of you that are willing to consider, congratulations. You're already in step 12. You'll help them more than they help you. That's the, the all-inclusive nature of the process, the manner of living. Okay, so it said, having made our personal inventory, what shall we do about it? Question mark. How many of you have made a personal inventory? Did you know what you were going to do about it, or did you have some help? Okay, usually we have some help telling it, not only showing us how to do that, but what we're going to do about it, yeah? Okay, it says, we've been trying to get a new attitude, a new relationship with our creator, and to discover the obstacles in our path. Is that what you've been trying to do? Half the original fellowship were atheists or agnostics, so they had to have explained to them why they would want a new relationship with a creator they did not believe in. Do you think that's a valid question? So based on these people's experience, the reason if you do not believe that you might want a new relationship with creator is what they discovered regardless of the fact that half of them were once atheist or agnostic, that they had learned through the process that number one, creator was a tangible power found within them and that the world reflected how they thought and felt. It didn't cause how they thought and felt so therefore, if you're having a difficult time in creation, might want to check in with Creator. 
by their witness. Any of you had a similar discovery? And if you haven't, of course, you take that on faith. If you've been having a shitty time in creation, then rarely have we seen a person fail who's thoroughly followed our path. Perhaps we check in with Creator and we come to believe. Make sense? Okay. So it says we have admitted certain defects and we've ascertained in a rough way what the trouble is. How many of you have done an inventory and have ascertained in, the rough, in a rough way what the trouble is? Okay. We've put our finger on the weak items in our personal inventory. Have you done that? How many of you that have not done it don't really want to do that? Experience some fear. That's why it's a fearless moral inventory, because none of us want to do that. But all of us come here with a past, and until we find out what we were like, what happened, what we'd like to be like going forward, we don't gain access to the power we need to become the better version of ourselves we all seek to be. That's, that's our witness collectively, yeah? Okay, so this requires action on our part, which when completed will mean that we've admitted to God. When we say God in 12-step recovery, what are we talking about? So for those of you that don't like the word God, we're talking tangible power, sensory power. You will feel it when you do. We'll know. We'll call it to your attention because we would cheat you to talk to you about the power we call God without a demonstration of the power. Right? Okay. To ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our defects. How am I going to do that if I haven't looked at the exact nature of my defects? I can't. What do they mean by the exact nature? The inventory helped me search it all the way back to the fear that drove it, right? Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-seeking, self-delusion, self-pity, I step on the toes of my fellows and they retaliate. That was their witness. Then I went through and looked at my self-seeking behavior, my self-delusion, and all of those things, and I found that fear drove it in me as well. So I get back to the nature of this manifestation of self, which was some fear that I experienced based on a false thought of who I was or who I thought God was. Yeah. Anybody relate? Yeah. Okay. So th this brings us to the fifth step in the program of recovery mentioned in the preceding chapter. This is perhaps difficult. How many of you looking at the fifth step? <laughs> Go, yeah, that ain't happening. <laughs> How many of you are okay with telling people some things, because you can read it in the paper? But I'm not really willing to tell you all things. Like there's this thing and I don't, we're not going to talk about that little thing. Okay, so especially discussing our defects with another person. So all of us have that. What we suggest to you at that point is don't stand there in step one fearing five. Make your admission, have your encounter, ask the encounter to inform your decision, have your eyes open, you'll be ready for five when you get there. Make sense? Okay. So we think we've done well enough in admitting these things to ourselves. So what does that suggest to us the authors did first? They thought, they thought that admitting it to myself was cool. What's next? <laughs> How many of you have tried that plan? Most of us have employed that plan, right? Okay. So... What they say after that is in actual practice, we usually find a solitary self-appraisal insufficient. So number one, don't beat yourself for having the same plan as they had, because rarely have we seen a person fail who's thoroughly followed our path. You'll eventually come to know that the path is not the process, it's the power, but that's a revelation will come up in you. Right? 
So many of us thought it necessary to go much further. We'll be, we'll, we'll be more reconciled to discussing ourselves with another person when we see good reasons why we should do so. Is that true for you? I'm open to some leveling of pride, some self-searching, if you can show me why. And of course, if I'm standing before them, I'm the reason why. I once thought and felt as they did. But I doubt I'd made much progress had I not taken action. This is the action I took. This is what I experienced as a result. I once was this. I had this encounter. And now I'm here to serve you. Does it make sense? It's evident. It's self-evident. But we've got to be armed with the facts about ourselves. Why I'm there. Why am I here? I'm, I am here to try and be the best version of me. I gain access to more power when I offer it to you. So it's insurance for me. Salvation for you. Not a bad bargain. I've traded hell a lot of my life for less. Huh? Um, you know, okay. So, so the best reason first, if we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. So how many of you came here to overcome your addiction? Any of you online just resting? We've got to get honest. Some of us come here just to rest sometimes, don't we? If I go there, they won't know where I am. <laughs> I'll have all that time between here and there. To... Anyway, if I really do want to get over it for good and all, then I don't want to skip any portion of this because this is where I come to know power. Right? So time after time, newcomers have tried to keep to themselves certain facts about their lives. Everyone after Dr. Bob is a newcomer. So if you got here in the last 80 years, you're a newcomer? How many of you tried to keep some facts to yourself? How many times today? So a manner of living, right? Come on, I'm just talking about how you think about people. How many of you would like for everyone to see all your thoughts? There went the sainthood. They ran, Sean. Okay. <laughs> Trying to avoid this humbling experience, they've turned to easier methods. Almost invariably, they got drunk. Having persevered with the rest of the program, they wondered why they fell. Have you ever had that experience? Did everything you thought you needed to do based on what you were told, and still you ended up spun? Did anyone ever introduce you to the program versus the fellowship? Because yep. there's a difference in the program and the fellowship. They said, here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery, not here are the meetings we attended, which are suggested. So if sometimes we make that mistake, and sometimes we do an inventory, but we don't start prosecuting amends, or we don't go out and help others. Any of you ever done that? I show up at the meeting, and that's my 12-step work. Okay, but intensive work with others ensures immunity against drinking. It works when other activities fail. And I don't come to know power nearly so dramatically as when I offer myself to another and something comes out of me that I'm quite sure was not in me. Does that make sense? And then I come to believe. Okay. So the reason why they fell is there is no rest of the program. It's a manner of living, not a workbook exercise. Okay? All right. 
So we think the reason is they never completed their house cleaning. So when is my house cleaning complete? Somewhere out there in 12-step land when I've converted what I thought was a wasted life into a meaningful experience, a salvation experience for somebody else. And then all of a sudden the healing I desperately needed that I didn't know I needed flowed through me. Yep. How many of you, some, I, there's a lot of people in here that have history, right? <laughs> How many of you have had the experience of being able to use what you thought was a terrible experience and maybe even an experience where you treated someone very badly in a witness of grace that you had received and why you are now there to, absolutely, most of you, some of you are feeling that. Who's feeling that? There you go. So when you feel that, that's not coming from up here. That's happening in you. That's the power we call God. So, all right, so they took inventory, all right, but hung on to some of the worst items in stock. They only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves. The word thoughts in italics, why do you imagine they did that? And they wanted to call our attention to that we had made that because our nature is that, well, we... We, we don't always remember everything we think we know, right? So how many of you have thought you lost your egoism? The, the, the sound of that seems a bit foreign, doesn't it? Have you ever thought yourself selfless? So we don't think or act our way into states of being. And people, we got books that tell us we can and they tell us how and they're all a lie. You can only be in a state of being and the minute you realize you are in that state of being, you're out. So this isn't a mental exercise, this is a spiritual exercise. My eyes have been opened. I now have a future in front of me that involves cleaning up my past, and I'm armed with the facts so that I can do so in a precise plan, and I'm armed with new power flowing in. Yeah? Okay. So it says they only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves, but they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the sense we find it necessary until they told someone else all their life story. The word all is in italics. Why do you imagine they did that? How many of you thought your life might end when you stopped doing drugs and running the game? Didn't, didn't really know there was an alternative until someone presented us with one, right? How many of you have learned that you're a new creation and there's a whole new story to tell, that your addiction is a calling, not a curse? So, we, I've not done telling all my life story until the last breath. I've agreed to give my last breath advocating for my brother or sister. So if you're breathing, you ain't done. <laughs> and if you are done, quit sucking my air. <laughs> right? Right? Okay. So more than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. How many of you can relate to that? He's very much the actor. To the outer world, he presents his stage character. This is the one he likes his fellows to see. You guys got a persona that you'd like for people to hold of you? He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. 
Now they're talking to us about the reality of spiritual battle within. How many of you have had a thought of how you wanted to hold yourself but knew in your heart, sensory, I'm not that guy? How many of you experienced the fear of that? That they're going to find out, how do I get there, how do I cover it? So they're starting to talk to us about a conflict within us that we should become aware of because when there's a conflict within us, I'm going to need a power greater than me to restore me through it, to restore the peace that I claim as my inheritance, yes? Any of you claimed peace as an inheritance and couldn't demonstrate it? Not without power greater than us, right? I know how I should behave. I also know how I think. Anyone else? Yeah, more than I'd like to admit. We just call it passion. I mean, he's passionate. <laughs> the inconsistency is made worse by the things he does on his sprees. Any of you relate to that? So now there's a conflict going on within me, and now I'm out there making sure others are aware. Coming to his senses, he's revolted at certain episodes he vaguely remembers. How many of you have some vague remembrances? How many of you can't remember them? <laughs> Drinkers are like that. No, no, I don't have any vague remembrances. I have no recollection whatsoever. These memories are a nightmare. He trembles to think someone might have observed him. As fast as he can, he pushes these memories far inside himself. He hopes they'll never see the light of day. Where's the power found? Deep down inside. Do you relate to that plan? Push it far inside yourself, never see the light of day? Yeah. Oh, that's a terrible plan for someone who suffers from the terminal disease of addiction. Because the power is bound within me, and I'm pushing pump and circum circumstance, whatever, right? The, those things that they told me were obscuring my consciousness, worships, blocking me off from the sunlight of the spirit. They're painting this picture for us, right, that we can relate to. He's under constant fear and tension. That makes for more drinking. Can you relate to that in your addiction? Everyone say, just calm down. Yeah. That's, so that is that unrest in the spirit that I'm able to calm by ingesting spirits. But the synthetic spirits have now turned on me. Anybody relate? Okay. So psychologists are inclined to agree with us. How many of you have seen professionals in the psychiatric world along the way? There, there should be more hands up than that. I know where a lot of y'all come from. We read your review. <laughs> um, anyway, let's see if we relate to this. Did you spend a lot of money, somebody's money, insurance money, the state's money, or maybe your own treasure on those consultations? Did you tell those professionals the whole truth? Did you follow their advice? Well, let's see what they said. We know but few instances where we've given these doctors a fair break. We've seldom told them the whole truth, nor have we followed their advice. So you might want to, if you relate to that, you might want to just read a little further in the book, right? Because think of, this is why we ad admonish people, do not share your opinion if you're trying to help people. 
because we are people as a class who have spent thousands of dollars on informed medical opinions, lied to get those opinions, and then ignored the results of said opinions. That's told you how I value opinions. So, but I am profoundly affected by experience, especially one different than I'm having. How many of you, when you were really tore up and knew something had to be different, and you tried everything and were convinced there was no way for you, and then you met that person who said, I once was like you, and card for card it appeared they were, and there they stood, and we clean up reasonably well. And they thought, how'd you do it? Okay, so unwilling to be honest with these sympathetic men, we were honest with no one else. Small wonder many in the medical profession have a low opinion of alcoholics and their chance for recovery. Have any of you discovered that medical people sometimes don't believe you? Did they tell you you were exhibiting drug-seeking behavior? Kind of the way they got the system set up, ain't it? If I don't get it on the corner, I gotta come to you, and you write me a paper and I take it to the corner. And if I don't say the right things, I don't get the right paper. None of you learned that system? <laughs> Some of you did. Okay, we must be entirely honest with somebody if we expect to live longer happily in this world. And ultimately, you're going to find out that somebody is you. And then once you get honest with you, then all the other things start to unfold. Okay? And, and if you could get honest with you, you'd have done it by now. So... Coming to believe in a power greater than you might be a good idea, simply because when I hear people say, well, I just decided. I decided that every day for years. But some, the encounter is profound. Yeah. So rightly and naturally, we think well before we choose the person or persons with whom to take the sentiment and confidential step. How many of you have had that experience, had to think about it, who should I pick? How many of you were afraid to go ask because you didn't want to be a bother? How many of you were afraid to ask because you wanted them to like you and you really didn't know how intimately you wanted them to know you? <laughs> All of these are reasons why we might be afraid. Number one, you honor us with your story, and by the time you get to us, we already know whose you are, so we really are not that concerned about who you have been because we know who you're going to be. So those of us belonging to a religious denomination which requires confession must and of course will want to go to the properly appointed authority whose duty it is to receive it. So if you have a religious practice that requires confession, by all means go to confession, but that's not a replacement for your AA stuff necessarily because they may not be trying to get to the same thing in the confessional that you're trying to get to. You're trying to get a testimony. They're trying to give you admonition or, or absolution or something of that nature, right? some combination. I don't need any of that. I need, I need marching orders and power to carry it out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, though we have no religious connection, we may still do well to talk to someone ordained by an established religion. How many of you, many of us, if we've got pending charges or we've got something, we'll talk to someone because we know it's protected in the confessional. Any of you relate to that? Okay. So we often find such a person quick to see and understand our problem. 
Of course, we sometimes encounter people who do not understand alcoholics. How many of you have encountered people who do not understand alcoholics, My drug addicts? Wife. My ex-wife. <laughs> Your ex-wife. <laughs> How many of you have encountered people who do not understand addicts in places that surprised you to encounter them? How many of you have encountered them in Alcoholics Anonymous? Because not everyone does our program. Not everyone's come to believe. How many of you have encountered them in your church families? How many of you encounter them in your nuclear family? How many of you tried to help somebody and then got mad at them when they acted exactly like everybody in addiction acts? <laughs> so let's just bring it home. Perhaps you don't understand alcoholics. Remember, I'm going to grow in understanding and effectiveness. That's why the, as we understood him is always in past tense. It's not my understanding. It's God's understanding through me. And it's based on this ongoing revelatory spirit that I'm gaining access to. Okay, so if we cannot or would rather not do this, we search our acquaintance for a closed mouth understanding friend. So those of you who are helping people, taking people through the steps, that's what we're hoping to grow into is a closed mouth understanding friend. How many of you would have to admit that from when you first got here to sometime after you've worked with a few people that you're probably more closed mouth and more understanding? Is that what you sought to be? Maybe not, because we didn't even know that was the specification, right? All I was trying to do was get free enough on me that I quit trying to kill me on a daily basis. But all of a sudden, I'm thinking of you instead of thinking of me, because I couldn't save me, but somehow I could offer something to you. And while I did that, it distracted me from killing me. It is complicated, and I could have figured that out after I had the right combination of chemicals, but I never did. <laughs> so, what, none of you ever mixed a few to see if you get the perfect blend? Okay, so perhaps our doctor or psychologist will be the person that may be one of our own family, but we cannot disclose anything to our wives or parents which will hurt them and make them unhappy. We have no right to save our own skin at another person's expense. Such parts of our story we tell to someone who will understand, will understand yet be unaffected. The rule is we must be hard on ourselves but always considerate of others. So understand what, unaffected by what. We kind of want to look back at the step experience and the what am I trying to grow in? I'm trying to grow in understanding and effectiveness. So what is my understanding? How many of you learned the facts about you and learned you're, although selfish and maybe a little crazy, <laughs> you had been sick rather than bad necessarily, right? How many of you, when you sat with another human who helped you with that, you learned that it was possible for humans to do things for you without expecting anything from you? How many of you, once you had that encounter and felt the flow of the Spirit and someone pointed out to you that is the power we call God, grew an understanding of what people were calling God when you knew it as power? Did that help your unbelief? Okay. So notwithstanding the great necessity for discussing ourselves with someone, it may be that one is so situated there is no suitable person available. Do you think that's true in Phoenix, Arizona today? Sounds like the voice of experience. Um, 
It's entirely possible that I may not want to tell the story if I can't protect the outcome. And, and as Sean brings out, if you're working with someone in the jail system where they can't hide it, they can't do it, there may be stuff on there they just assume the authorities were unaware of for a minute <laughs> while they're growing. Any of you ever had any of that? <laughs> It'd be good if they could just keep that on the down low, <laughs> right? Okay. Um, so the whole point is that it's not whether I think it's, there's a reason suitable, it's where are they in their level of fear and, and, and what can I do to facilitate it, and they've got information here to help us with that, right? So it says, if that's so, this step may be postponed only, however, if we hold ourselves in complete readiness to go through it at the first opportunity. So when the one you're working with says they're not ready, then you say, I understand. If, you, if you're working on willingness, if you're asking for power, then what I would suggest to you is just hold yourself completely ready when that opportunity comes and put me on speed dial, right? Because it really doesn't matter. We're not, we don't win points by signing them up. Some people, you'd think so. You'd think they'd get a trophy or something. Um, we say this because we're very anxious that we talk to the right person. So how many of you can recall really wanting to make sure you got the right person, and when you thought you had the right person, you were afraid to bother them? That's what it's like to be very anxious. But it tells us they all had trepidation. They all had fear about confessing who they were because they usually pick, we usually pick someone we would desperately like for them to like us and now I'm going to tell them all the things I don't like me for. <laughs> don't diminish it. It's scary, right? We fear that stuff. So it's important that he be able to keep a confidence that he fully understand and approve what we're driving at and he will not try and change our plan. I won't be able to do that for somebody until I've started prosecuting my amends and got fit enough to never tell them what they should do. That's why the steps are in order, right? The, the reason that's the fitness step is I just tell them about me. I feel their fear. I know that fear. I've felt it. I know what you're feeling. I once thought and felt as you do. But I doubt I'd made much progress had I not taken action. This is the action I took. This is what I experienced as a result. And as a result, that power has brought me to you. You do with that what you want. I have not been dismissed, so I will be waiting for your readiness. <laughs> you didn't call me. You can't fire me. <laughs> right? Yeah. So when we decide who is to hear our story, we waste no time. So they gave us an indication of how we'll behave once we're ready to tell our story, what will happen. From third to fourth, they said, next we launched. And now they said, if I decide who's going to hear my story, I waste no time. You get it. How many of you have had the experience of just telling your story and couldn't, about halfway through, couldn't figure out, why am I telling this all? <laughs> I even said that shit about the goat. <laughs> um, we, we have a written inventory and we're prepared for a long talk. We explain to our partner what we're about to do and why we have to do it he should realize that we're engaged upon a life and death errand. So this is why it's nice if you've got someone in recovery helping you with it, because no one knows better than a fellow addict just how dire the situation may be if we don't gain access to power. And, and not in a week, not in a month, and not on your schedule. I've got to get power now because I know where they sell it. Yeah. So most people approaching this way will be glad to help. They'll be honored by our confidence. And now they're going to talk to us about 
their preparation for this storytelling. We pocket our pride and go to it. Why did they talk about, they paint a picture of pocketing our pride? Just surrendering these ideas of what, how, what this process looks like, right? How many of you had to do that? Maybe you didn't do it consciously, but really it was very difficult. You knew you had to get through it. Okay. Illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. What do they mean by every? Yeah, and it, it isn't like the endless search for what is not there. The every is going to be that thing you're going, oh, that's, this is, this is, that's just detail. <laughs> if, if it's occupying space in your mind, it's not going to take that long to talk about. And all I can suggest to you is if you want to unpack, if you want to be free, free of you so you're free to be you, the best version of yourself, if you want that, then go ahead and spill it and see what happens. So it says, once we have taken this step, withholding nothing, we are delighted. They didn't say we might be, some of us were, to a man and a woman. First 100, their story, the first several thousand. Once they had taken this step, withholding nothing, they were delighted. Yep. Sounds like they got a profound flow at that point, doesn't it? Yep. How many of you got to that point were not delighted? How many of you were holding something back? How many of you thought they would never know? Here's where you start to be proved the power of God. When you hold back, then you're holding back the flow. When you have the flow, I'll have the flow. I'll know you're experiencing delight when you're too dead to know you're experiencing delight, just like was done for me. I'll, I will experience that freedom even if you don't, and I'll call it to your attention just like what was done for me. And I'm an addict, and if you're holding my hit, I know. <laughs> so I'm gonna tell you, whatever you're holding back, cough that shit up, because I want my flow. <laughs> yes? How many of you had someone do that for you? That's the difference between talking to an another addict and talking to the confessional. So then it talks, that happened to you too, huh? Okay. And then you guys that didn't hold anything back, we'll, we'll explain how that happened too. But we're just trying to narrow it down now. So here's some more promises of the fifth step. We can look the world in the eye. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Think about that. That's new right now. How many of you have tried to be alone? Forget perfect peace and ease and found that it just got disturbing in a hurry. <laughs> but there's a promise that I'm going to be able to be alone at perfect peace and ease, right? So these are things I should want because that turmoil I've been living in has been difficult, yes? Our fears fall from us, and we begin to feel the nearness of our Creator. Now, half of them were religious people who were dying in addiction, and so that may have been not so much of a surprise for them, but half of them were atheists or agnostics, declared. But to a person, at this point, they began to feel the nearness of their creator. Where is the creator found? 
deep down inside? Was it obscured? My consciousness, my awareness of being aware was obscured by calamity, pomp, and worship. My eyes have been opened to what that calamity was, what my pomp was, what my worships were. My eyes have been opened. I thought I'd be condemned, but I'm delivered, and I know it because I got the signature of the Spirit. Pretty cool, huh? Some of you felt it. Okay. So they say, but we may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. So it's always new beginnings, but that profound washing of my soul is the power to walk into a new life. And now I'm going to learn discipline from here. Does that start to make sense? Okay. So it says the feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. Why do I need that feeling when I got this feeling? How many of you did not eat when you were drinking because you did not want to wreck the buzz? <laughs> Once you get a spiritual buzz of the divine nature, you will not want to eat of the world quite so ravenously because you do not want to wreck the buzz. I'm just telling you. We feel that we're on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. So they painted a picture. How many of you felt like you lived a lot of your life on a tightrope? It's got to be perfect all the time. Okay, now we're walking hand in hand with the Spirit. Broad highway. See the picture? Some of you felt the picture, right? Okay. It's okay to be me. Maybe for the first time in my life, it's okay to be me, and since it's okay to be me, it's okay for me to let you be you. And I might even come to believe that I should let God be God. But check with me in a minute. Just in case this shit ain't happening on time, right? Okay. All right, so returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour. So that's pretty specific. They told us they were going to give us precise instructions on how they recovered. So they told their story. They went through that process. Someone helped them with that. Then they went home to be quiet for an hour because now their eyes are open. Carefully reviewing what we've done. What have we done? Shared with somebody else. And I got an opportunity to come clean or have a new revelation. Maybe I didn't hold back intentionally, but as I review what I've done, I see I should have said this too. Any of you ever had that experience? Okay. So then it says, after we've reviewed what we've done, we thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. When they talk about a knowing, they're not talking. They already told me this isn't a belief anymore. This is power. So I know God better because I stand in his grace and I know it because I just disclosed all that I tried to kill myself over. And yet here I am with a life of purpose back in an hour. And I better have done something because he knows when I ain't doing nothing. Okay. So we're building an arch through which we shall walk a free man at last. Is our work solid so far? So go inward. You now know the power we're talking about. You ain't hiding anything from anybody. He knows everything about you. Come as you are. Am I right? How free do I want to be? Okay. Are the stones properly in place? Have we skimped on the cement put in the foundation? Have we tried to make mortar without sand? So let's go back to 58. 59, I always do that. Good thing you're here, Sean. I would have missed it. 
So page 59, I really would have missed it. I do it every single time for years and years and years now. I, I think I do it just to irk him. Um, so the, the step, here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program re recovery. The first five proposals, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, dash. So we got to take that concept first because that's an instruction. It's not an experience. That's what they did. Who's we? The first 100. So if I want what they have and I'm willing to go to any length to get it, then I'm ready to take certain steps. So the first thing they did is they admitted they were whooped. So powerless when? Before, when I'm drinking and after. I Pretty much I'm powerless all the time. How many of you thought you're only powerless after you use drugs again? Because I've heard that taught, but that's silly. If you know yourself to be an addict, and they talk about the insanity of the first drink, then clearly I was insane before I did it, knowing what the outcome was going to be. Right? So I'm powerless all the time. I'm without defense, and although I may sometimes appear to have control, I never really have control. Yes? Okay. So then it says that our lives had become unmanageable. They didn't tell me about that until they started showing me, too, that inability to control my emotional nature, prey to misery and depression. How many of you discovered you were prey to misery and depression after you sobered up? It'd be good if we told people that before they went to the shrink. Because, and I have nothing against people being on meds. What I'm saying is if you don't need meds, and I'm, I'm the guy who doesn't need to need meds to go get meds. I'm a, I operate in want, not need. I'm the only one, huh? So those things, the unmanageability is going on within me, but I didn't cop to it till two. Right? So if I'm going to calm the storm within me and I'm not going to use drugs, I better encounter power greater than me. Yeah? Okay. So then it says we came to believe that the power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. So what is insanity? Yeah, I mean, the obvious thing is that. The author says it's an appalling lack of perspective. They say it's the inability to think clearly. Any of that? So if I'd like to have that restored, then what I need to do is come to believe in power, capital P, greater than myself. So where did they tell us they found this power? Deep down inside. Deep down inside. And how did they find it? Sometimes they had to search fearlessly. And now, I took that on faith, but now I've done a fifth step and I've begun to feel the nearness of my creator. See, we, we don't ask you to take too hard of terms. God doesn't make too hard of terms. He doesn't expect you to believe blindly. That's why they went to all that trouble explaining to you electrical theory. Right? We believe in electrical theory, but not because we can fully comprehend it, but because we've experienced its effects. So in the same way, we don't expect you to come to believe in God until you've experienced his effects. And his effects are a changed life, the ability to think clearly. Does that start to make sense? Okay. So based on that encounter, I've made a decision. And the decision was blind, but I just asked to go inward and find what calamities, pomps, and worships have been obscuring my consciousness of this idea for me 
and this power within me. Does that make sense? So it's not my idea, it's God's idea planted within me, but my consciousness of it has been obscured by calamity, pomp, and worship. And once I identify that, the minute I discover the purpose for which I've been created, the power to carry it out is self-evident. It just shows up. I wouldn't recognize the purpose if I didn't experience the power because I had been blind. Anybody? Anybody been in that rat race? Oh, this isn't going to go well. Oh, well, let's go. <laughs> so it says we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Who's we? The first 100. Do not believe the people who tell you this is a God of your understanding. That's where the main problem centers. They're telling you they once thought and felt as you did, but they don't think they'd have made much progress had they not taken action. They understood God to be power within, the cool wind of a mountaintop blowing through and through. The famous atheist, Bill Wilson, at long last, I saw, I felt, and I believe. So don't believe that you get to pick, I mean, you can pick anything you want. But if you want to get free of you, don't listen to the silliness in the rooms. Read the damn book. Their testimony, not mine. I'm getting mine when I do what they did. Right? Okay. So we made this decision, and it said we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves, and now we're back to where we had started, which was page 76. So are we ready? So if we can answer to our satisfaction, we then look at step six. So can I answer to my satisfaction? I understand I've encountered power. I now got a sense that I'm going to make amends for harms done. I'm going to grow in conscious relation through prayer and meditation, and I'm going to seek to find people to help. Do I understand that's what I'm doing now? Okay. So we're ready to look at step six then. And it says we have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. So how many of you got to step six, had been armed with the facts about yourself, still saw some stuff you weren't quite willing to go take care of? Like all of us, right? If we're honest. Because there's some serious stuff there sometimes, or we think it's serious, or it really is serious, or some combination thereof. Are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable, and there's a question mark. Eyesight without insight, spiritual blindness. So, am I really ready to let God take them? They've told me the entirety of the instruction. What is the instruction? I'm going to let God take them. So the next question is, how do I let? How many of you thought you let Thought I turned my will over. You ever heard that one? What happened? I don't know what happened, man. I just woke up and they did all these shit here. (laughs) Well, you must not have turned it over. You ever hear that? I thought I turned it over. How'd you turn it over? Well, just say the prayer. You ever hear that bullshit? I said that fucking prayer. And here I am. So the let isn't the prayer. The let is go where God guides me. I've just written a roadmap. 
I've got amends to make. I got people to talk to about this redemptive power I didn't believe in until I just went through this process. At least not sufficiently to offer myself as a healing instrument to people. Right? Because that's not self-confidence, that's God confidence. Different. Okay. So can he now take them all, every one? They wouldn't have asked that twice if they didn't know we had some hesitation, would they? So this is where people have told you to separate, right? They, they tell you suggestively to the wife, to the family, to the employer, get a circle of support around you, then we'll tackle the big stuff. It'll come in time, right? Okay, but get a priority list because you've got to start somewhere. And if you're not willing to do anything else, go sit with another alcoholic. <laughs> Nothing ensures immunity so much as intensive work with another alcoholic. Right? We learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost self that we were alcoholic. I don't, if I'm not willing to take the next indicated action, I obviously do not believe that. So I'm not in step nine, I'm in step one. That's a bad place for me to be. Right? So now I'm going to seek power. Does you understand the manner of living now? Okay, so if we still cling to something we will not let go, we ask God to help us be willing. That's where they're telling us that willingness is divine power. If you had the power to quit or the power to decide, you'd have done it before you burned the whole fucking house down. <laughs> True? Yeah. So I'm going to need power, and now they're telling in this manner of living, I'm going to need to ask for that power. Not because God doesn't wants to be asked, God wants me to remember where it comes from. Yes? Okay. When ready, we say something like this. My creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. How many of you discovered that there was good in you? How many of you discovered that you did perhaps mistreat some people? How many of you in balance are now at least owning that and you're ready to go out and try and make some of that right? Okay, because that's the whole purpose is to see what it looks like. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. I want to call to your attention on third step prayer, they did not put an amen. Because I hadn't had my eyes opened yet and God does not make too hard terms on those who earnestly seek until... Some of you that study that other book until Paul had his trip to Damascus and had his eyes opened, he had an entirely different view of the church of the way, meaning his fellow humans. And until we have had our eyes opened to the part we've played in the role that is our life, we also have been blind. So at seven, I now need agreement because this is where life starts. Until this moment, I was dead. Does that make sense? That other book does not differentiate between the ones we're burying and the ones digging the hole. Just want you to know. Okay. So we have then completed step seven. And there you have it. That is the launching pad. Next week we'll start looking at the eight and nine.